0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: Hello, David Cohen. Hello. And uh, for those who don't know, my name is Tim Robertson. I didn't say that the last couple episodes. I thought it's kind of presumptuous that I should just assume that everyone knows who's I am, who I am. Someone's listening to, listen to the show right now for the first time, David. They don't know who the hell I am.
2: Well, now they do.
1: Now they do. Tim, and he's David Cohen. So, uh it seems like it's a mobility week everything's not everything but most things seem to be all about android or iphone or ipads and
2: but isn't that isn't that kind of true the tech industry in general now kind of computing is you know what used to be tech computing is a lot less interesting than it used to be that doesn't mean it's rubbish because it is i don't think it is just, less interesting i think it's more interesting
1: uh, i just don't think it's as interesting as mobile yeah i mean what they're doing Oops, what they're doing at computers right now is fantastic. I mean Yeah, yeah. I mean look look at Windows eight coming up. It's uh whether you hate it or love it, and I'll reserve my judgment till the shipping product, I've got we both have, you know, that preview. Mm-hmm. It, at least it's different. It it makes you want to talk about it.
2: Yeah. And Apple's absolutely. got Mountain Lion coming up. Mm, I wonder if that will be out in the next couple of months actually.
1: Uh, you know, I get the uh, developer previews. I haven't downloaded or installed any of them. That scares me. Mm-hmm. Because every machine I use, I use either the 27-inch iMac or the MacBook Pro. Uh, you know, I work on both of them. I can't take a chance on something not working on either one of the machines.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can run mountain lion in parallels. Um, that supports the, the developer previews. But it's kind of not the same as running a machine in it.
1: No. So I'll just I hold off. You, you, and mean even, you don't go
2: out. You don't go out. Just buy a new machine, just running previews.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> So uh, let's start here. We talked last week about the wake up campaign that Samsung was running. Turns out it wasn't Samsung, and we owe them an apology, especially someone who suggested blowing up your Samsung stuff to get free goodies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I, I still think that's a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, just not for the reasons that we said. I, uh,
1: you know, I'm happy that it wasn't Samsung and Motion and Research or Research and Motion. Um, let's just call them Blackberry. Yeah. Wow, really? They've well, been a dismal that- failure for the last three years, four years. Just a complete failure on every level from software to hardware and they're gonna do this wow
2: well there's a couple of things about this first of all is um you know much as we are apologizing to samsung it was kind of a samsung type move i mean it kind kind of
1: well that's the thing you know if, if, if samsung is innocent and everyone assumed it was them What's that tell you about what the perception of
2: Samsung is? Exactly. Um, they they have you some know, PR cleanup to do. Absolutely. And of course, they didn't deny it. They didn't say, oh, it wasn't us. Yeah, they did. Did they?
1: Yeah. After we um, recorded that show, they actually did come out and say, uh, yeah,
2: hey. But it had it, been flying around for a couple of days when we did that show. Yeah. They didn't exactly, you know, immediately deny it. Um, I think they were hoping to cash in in case it had positive buzz. Um, and. Uh, so th- so that 's one thing. The second thing is that um, this thing was so successful that people only found out it was rim by doing a bit of detective work because rim weren 't exactly fessing up
1: that's right
2: you know um and and yeah, really I mean what is, what the fact that it's rim makes it even less credible than it was with Samsung and it wasn 't really credible with samsung i mean it 's just a joke it's kind of like um at least Samsung has products that actually work. Yeah, it, it's like, it It would be like um, the a purveyor of a, of a kind of, you know, rent-a-wreck, yeah, the, the re- rental company who rents, like, clapped-out old cars, yeah, picketing a Ferrari showroom. Right. I mean, that that's kind of the the, the situation that rims in compared to Apple at the moment. Good analogy. Uh, yeah, and turn around and saying, you know, you should buy one of ours instead. You shouldn't buy one of those stupid Ferrari things. It, It's—I cr- don't even know
1: what else to say about it. It's just everything we said about this last week is still true. It's just about Rim now, not Samsung.
2: Uh, yeah, only more so. I mean, Rim—Rim—is uh, in such terrible trouble that they really need to concentrate on uh, straightening out their product line and actually delivering something that people want to buy rather than doing, you know, supposedly cute marketing tricks.
1: Well, I think that's the problem that I think Samsung has this problem and I think RIM has this problem and many of the other mobile heads- headset makers have this problem. They think, I re- and and I, and I really do believe this, they think the problem, or I'm sorry, they think that the success Apple's had with iPhone and with iPad is because of marketing. That's it. They think it's just Apple's done a brilliant job in marketing, and that's how they're trying to fight back. What they don't realize is Apple made great products, and yeah. they made great solutions, and that's why people want them. It's not and marketing. You,
2: and actually, if you look at Apple's marketing campaigns, they're not particularly innovative. No. Uh, it's the products that yep. are making that are making the adverts successful rather than the other way around. I mean, you know, the iPod ads, the kind of the dancing, uh, the dancing color figures, you know, with the with the white headphones in that kind of defines an iconic brand. But it doesn't actually it's not, you know, compelling enough. It's going to make people who've never heard of it go out and buy it just because it's a cool ad.
1: Well, it did play into the mystique of the iPad or um, the iPod when it first came out.
2: I mean, it it was pretty cool. but it it was, but it played as the mystique of the product. The, the the mystique itself came from the product, not from the ad.
1: Right. But do you and think those ads? Do you think these ads that Apple used to run? And I kind of think this it helped build that perception of that Apple makes cool products. And but yeah. see that they backed it up with actually cool exactly. products.
2: What What I'm saying is that if you'd have taken that exact marketing campaign and applied it to Samsung MP3 players or to uh, the iPhone ads to rim phones, they would not be anywhere, anywhere any much more successful than they are now. It's the product that actually sells it. All the ad's doing is bringing feet to the door. I agree. I agree. Uh, the next big thing up on our radar, we're
1: going to talk a lot about uh, in the second segment and probably the end uh, some iOS stuff going on, but we'll save that for after the commercial break, David. Yeah. Um. Amazon, this is kind of surprising to me, but not really. Amazon is uh, petitioning creatives out there to pitch them comedy and children television series ideas. And if they accept, Amazon will make these shows. They don't really come out and say how, you know, what their involvement's going to be, how much money, that sort of thing. But it's for their video service online. And I think this really is a tight... look, it, they're not their, they're not the first ones to do this, but YouTube has its own stuff uh, and they're and some of the stuff coming out from YouTube soon looks to be pretty good. Uh, it's exactly the same thing with um who is it? Uh Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. They've got original series coming up. And now Amazon's jumping on board. These are companies that don't have a way into your house through your cable company or your satellite provider. This is online original content, which, again, is nothing new. Hell, David, I've been creating online original content since 95. And if you want to go multimedia route, I've been doing it since 2004. So it's nothing new, but it takes it to a different level
2: well it brings it brings a certain amount i mean what what it brings is a certain amount of creativity and uh, financial muscle and not so much financial muscle to make the shows because i think many people particularly if they're if they're talented and creative can create something that looks you know in the video space looks pretty professional for you know a fraction of the budget that it used to cost but really to run to run a big show to run a a, a loss or a um you know, or a madman, or something like that. You need more than just kind of clever creatives and good talent. You need a fairly large staff, and that's what um, a company like Netflix or Amazon or Google can bring to creative enterprises. Actually, give you the support resources to allow the creatives to get on with the creative stuff and not worry about the you know the mundane stuff of actually running a production, uh, and that that will in itself bring up the quality level. So um, you know, if I were if I were um, companies uh, like the, like the big broadcasting companies, and uh, even to an extent, uh, something like HBO, I'd be concerned about this. I agree. You know, uh, I, th- I th- the only thing that makes me slightly pause for thought about Amazon is that Amazon is becoming increasingly looking like a monopoly player, and and that's starting to make me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, because they are they are diversifying into so many areas, and obviously they have a very big storefront to push those through um, and I think that is that should be a concern to people
1: I agree um, it 's interesting though in that apple and we talked about this last week as well Apple is being investigated for monopolizing ebooks. And that they're in collusion with the publishers, and yet Amazon's the one that's bragging to have exclusive publishing rights to books, and yet yeah. somehow Apple gets under investigation. Well, How does I, that I work?
2: Think, well, Apple's 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 being um, they're being investigated for collusion, aren't they? Not being investigated for being a monopoly, um, because clearly not Amazon's the monopoly in this space. It's the collusion that that is claimed to be illegal. Um, I wonder if you were to sit down with uh, Amazon and look at their contracts with some of the book publishers, whether you could make the same uh, assertions. But I guess that will come out in, in the investigation, I
1: suppose. Well, there's some things in Amazon as an ebook publisher myself that I've read the EULA and the licensing agreements that if you make it exclusive to Amazon, you get all these m- other benefits that you don't otherwise uh, and I, I haven't seen anything like that on the iBookstore when I submitted books there. Yeah. So it does make me
2: wonder. Uh, unfortunately, with the Department of Justice, um, these things are in some in some way political. There is a, a lobbying and a political element to this. Um, unfortunately, it shouldn't be like that with with the judiciary. The judiciary should be completely independent politics. But I think we all recognise that the DOJ does respond to political pressure. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, one of the one of the issues that Apple faces now is because they are becoming so dominant in in you know in the in so successful they have become a big target, um, and I suspect they're going to get more and more of this sort of thing just because they're at the top of the pile.
1: It always happens, uh, rightly or wrongly. I mean, you remember all the kerfluffle on Microsoft in the '90s and going into the early 2000s. About their monopolizing yep. tactics, and there was a lot of people that were saying it's about time that someone paid attention to this, but nothing really substantial came out of that. Not really.
2: Well, they, yeah, they ended up paying some fines, didn't they? But it was... Yeah, it was nothing. It, it, is it was a awful lot of effort for what actually came out of it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So
1: it'll be interesting to see where Amazon goes with uh, all of this. I, from a consumer standpoint, I'm all for it. You know, I'm an Amazon Prime member, so I get a ton of movies from Amazon to watch for free. Uh, And uh, I do watch them on my Kindle sometimes. Not as much as I would probably like, but there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. But nonetheless, I like having access to more content. I think that's a good thing. And if Amazon is... I mean, they're not doing this internally, and I think that's very smart. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back,
3: and uh, we've got some iOS stuff to go over. Hey, everybody. This is Lee Douglas of Old Time Rock and Roll, the world's largest podcast. I want to invite you every single week to learn a little bit about the music that began the popular music craze in the 20th century. We are here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All for you. 450 theme shows in our archives right now, and you can listen. And we never play a song more than three times a year. No other oldie show can say that. They can't, because they don't have 110,000 records from the 1950s and 1960s. Only on old-time rock and roll www.oldtimernr.com Oh, and did I mention we actually take requests, dedications, and challenges. So if you think you can stump the DJ on 50s and 60s Rock and Roll, here is the place to be. Old Time Rock and Roll. Hey, Guy, have you heard about Not
2: Another Mac Podcast? Oh, Not Another Mac Podcast? Yeah, so you've heard of it, then?
3: Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's
2: the one. What's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you nitwit Brit. Have have you been drinking... No, you big yank tank. Listen... Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and
1: experts from all over the world. Hey, guys, we've been on that podcast. Are we
3: experts now? Oh, brother.
2: You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the Stoplight Network podcast feed.
1: And once again, that show can be found if you do a search... For the Stoplight Network in iTunes, you'll find that show and all the other shows currently in the network. David, we've got a brand new show that joined the Stoplight Network over the week, over this
2: last yeah. week. I, I saw I saw the announcement. So, so what, what's the deal? What's it about? Well,
1: first, I want to say it's. Uh, uh, I'm clicking a couple buttons here. Uh, we're always looking for new shows to join the Stoplight Network. It doesn't cost people anything, and there's going to be a potential to make money in the long run. Uh, The new show is called The Church Tech Geeks Podcast. I'm not a, a religious person, but if you're in front of an audience often and you're using technology, this might be a podcast you want to listen to because that's pretty much what they talk about. Um the best software and solutions that you can use in that type of a setting and uh yeah I, i'm happy to have them in the uh, stoplight network i think uh, a lot of people are going to enjoy that show david
2: yeah it's always good to, good to get something different and um it, it's always good to get um, get something that's applied so it's not just you know talking about something for something's sake But actually, like we do, (laughs) which well, yeah, there's a place for that. But it's always good to get the alternate view, which is where you're saying, "Well, this is how we actually use it in the real world, and these are real problems we're trying to solve." So, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, A
1: little bit more of uh, house cleaning from last week. You remember we talked about the guys over on the geekiest show ever? Yeah, Um, they did have a reply to us. That was interesting.
2: So. I've not had a chance to listen to it. I did see you in, the, in their show notes; that it was there, but I've not had a chance to listen to the show yet.
1: Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed listening to it, and uh, i I look forward to the time we can have one or both of them on TechFan. Have you decided well, what you are uh, going to do next week, David? I haven't yet. Um, I I still need to sort that out. Yeah, um, I will. So. Like I said, I'll be at the uh, a conference next week. Actually, I have to. Uh, I was asked to uh, join someone from Apple on stage for a presentation. So I've got like almost no details on how to do it. And and someone said, aren't you worried? And I said, uh, no, (laughs) being on stage and talking with no plan. No, that's, that's pretty much my MO. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. Uh, it's though it's, it's flattering though. So I'm looking forward to that, but I won't be here. So it's, it's going to be in your capable hands. And, of course, you can record it at any time. You don't have to do it at the same time with it. We record it right now. So Yeah.
2: I'm looking forward. Oh, I've, got, I've got a couple of ideas. Uh, yeah. I just need to kind kind of um,
1: ripen them, bring them to fruition. So are you leaning more towards a solo show, or are you leaning more towards a, a co-host? I could tell you,
2: but then I'd have to kill you.
1: That's right, and I'd hate that. It'd, it'd make the show after that much more or less...
2: Well, then it will be a solo show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Except for you don't have the FTP information to actually upload the show and all that. So you're at my mercy. Uh, Just just hack
2: my way around that. Uh, Let's see.
1: The Kindle Fire was uh, updated. And we'll talk about that in the third segment. And uh, we also got some Android news, which is scary and should make for some interesting conversation. But right now, David... Let's talk about rock band for i o s because wow, what a crazy week this has been for rock band and uh e a
2: yeah i the mind boggles really. I've talked about this before about you know why do why do companies some companies treat their customers with so little respect and e a
1: has been i would say a big proponent for treating customers like crap.
2: Yeah, basically treating us like money mules. All we are here to do is to shuffle money from our wallets into their coffers.
1: Remember, though, how EA got started. I mean, they got started because a lot of disgruntled uh, game makers at Atari were fed up with with getting no credit, with having their great ideas shot down, uh, with game development done by committee, and they decided, uh, under Trip Hawkins... To start their own company, and they made by far the best Atari games that were out there at the time. Yeah,
2: but they sold they co- sold their corporate souls, I would say.
1: Yeah, it does seem um, like it.
2: You know, it's not it's not really like that anymore. So, so what's um, going so, on with Rock Band? So, so what happened is that um, Rock Band is is obviously one of these games on iOS where uh, you know the on the big consoles you had a kind of a guitar. And you would kind of match notes to buttons on the guitar as they came down the screen. So uh, they did an iOS version, and obviously there was no guitar, but you could press buttons in in lines with the games on the uh, with the the music tracks on the screen. And the advantage Rock Band had over kind of some of the clone offerings on iOS was it had licensed music in it, um, you know, and and big, well-known music. Apparently, what happened is that players this week who've been playing the original game, and there's there's been a sequel to it since... Um, Rock Band were, Reloaded
1: was the yeah, sequel.
2: So so people who had the original game of playing it got a pop-up from the game saying, um, thanks very much, but uh, at the end of the month, this game's not going to work anymore. Um, thanks for playing along or something along those lines. Uh, and of course, at that point, the internet went crazy, because this isn't a freemium title this isn't an in app purchase title where you pay nothing to start with and then you have to keep playing credit um this is a this is effectively a standalone title that you paid money for um and it looked like EA were trying to kill it i think 4.99 Super-
1: was how much it was originally
2: yeah i mean well you know ea games go up and down in price that's yeah. a separate issue not necessarily uh, but it to me it doesn't really matter whether you if you paid money for something you don't expect or you shouldn't expect the software publisher to two years down the line turn around to you and say oh yeah that game you bought we've decided we don't want you playing it anymore um so thanks for your money uh, but that got you two years of life and now we're killing it it's up in the air whether ea actually has the capability of doing this um to be honest because they would have to have built code into the game to have it phone home regularly it's it, you know, the game does have an in-app purchase system, so you can buy new music for it. And I don't think anybody would have complained if EA had said, well, you know what, this game's old now. If you want to buy uh, music for, for Rock Band games, you're going to need a later version of the game. That would be not ideal, but at least people could maybe understand not keeping legacy servers running in perpetuity for an older game. Um, but to actually say, we're going to kill the code, so you can't even play it in offline mode... Is something completely different. Now, what happened is the internet went crazy and EA, in about a day or so, came out and said, no, we didn't mean it. It was a mistake.
1: Yeah, that's the part that kind of confuses me.
2: And everybody goes, what, it was a mistake? And, um, you know, if you read the text of the message, it doesn't read like it was a mistake. the, the, The wording is not ambiguous. It's very, very specific. Yep. It says, you know, at a certain date, this game will no longer work. Not that you won't be able to buy content for it. It says, this game... What, here, here, let me bring up an image of the uh, things. I'm actually reading exactly what it said. Yeah, you're not talking out of your ass. Exactly.
1: That's always a good thing. Not, oh, not talking out of your ass, I should say, is a good thing. Not- of course,
2: typically the i hate the internet sometimes somebody here has posted a article where in the thumbnail for the article when you search for it on the new site you can see the message but when you're click clicking the article it's not there i i know
1: where it's at if you uh, are looking go to ars technica and then uh scroll down a little bit
2: oh here i got it dear there. rock as it said on May 31st, Rock Band will no longer be playable on your device. Thanks for rocking out with us. Yeah. That's pretty unambiguous. That's not somebody kind of saying, you know, Rock Band will, will you know, no longer work. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It will no longer be playable on your device. Yep. So uh, that's pretty much, you know, and they, saying the, they say the in-app message users received yesterday was sent in error. We apologize for the confusion this caused. We're working to clarify the situation that caused the error and we'll share additional information as soon as possible. That was a couple of days ago and there has been no additional information.
1: Well, <laughs> there has. There was uh, an update to Rock Band and a new message now pops up. It says, a special note, Rock Band will remain playable on your device. P- please disregard the previous notification regarding availability. We're sorry for the confusion, and then of course it, the the only button is cancel. <laughs> it's not okay, it's just cancel. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's, it's weird. See,
2: I, it, it, look, you can you can either accept at face value it was a mistake that some um, employee misunderstood what was they were asked to do in a meeting and they didn't check with anybody before they sent it out. Um, that might be what happened, or it could be that they had a meeting, and they decided to do this, uh, and somebody went and pushed the button on the message, perhaps a little bit early, perhaps a little bit not, um, and they 've embarrassed them, or perhaps they decided to do this, and just well, only when they saw the backlash they decided to roll back from it what do you think what's your what's your initial Gut reaction. There's, there's not enough information to really say. But I, and to me... Well, obviously it pissed you off when you first heard about it. It did. I, to me, the problem is, and this goes back to what's saying about respect for your customers, clearly, whether they decided they want to do this or not, it was it was clearly internally debated as, a, as an option. And the fact that they could have that discussion sickens me, really. Yeah. The fact that they could say, we think we might have the power to... Um, Kill something that people have paid us money for because we want them to buy something new, and we think it's legitimate to exercise that power. To me, is disgusting. And you know, from an it's kind of like if if the media company sold you a DVD that self-destructed after ten plays, would anybody buy that? I believe there was a technology
1: out there for compact discs that did exactly that, but nobody bought them. Uh, No, they were free. And you could listen to it up to like five times and then it would deteriorate to the point where it wouldn't play anymore. Um, I know that was in the works. I know that there was actual CDs out there that some people had, but I think they pretty much quashed it pretty quickly
2: for obvious reasons. But I'm well aware that, that many media producers, whether it be video or music or video games or what have you, Their license agreements actually do try and say uh, you you do not own this; you only um, are buying a license to use it, and we could reserve the right to change the terms of that license at any time. But is I I would hate to move to a situation where uh, any media company, being gaming or whatever, uh, actually exercise that on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, it's it would be a PR nightmare, as EA just found out. But you know the the problem is I I do think that that media a lot of media producers think this is legitimate. They 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 still have this. You see it with the uh, the way the RIAA and the MPAA goes after uh, file copiers and file sharers and that sort of thing. They they basically think all of their users are out to rip them off, and consequently they go out armed for bear. Yeah. Uh, and it 's just it 's just a lousy, lousy relationship to have with your customers to to basically look at them as as leeches who um you know if we 're lucky they pay us money
1: i don 't know i don 't know what the answer is i mean it's it 's been like this for a long time, and I think they 're starting to finally get the pushback that is needed to get this stuff quashed in the future so companies will start behaving a little bit more responsibly you
2: know what I mean yeah no I I, well I hope so
1: you hear that right I can hear it Harry Potter or Lego Harry Potter years 5 through 7 Release this week, David, for iOS. I could not be happier. I was, I, I this. was, I was. Took, I did too. Until, you know, all the games come out. What Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, I, I completely missed this until yesterday. I went to the Touch Arcade and was going down the list of the new games, the at least the noteworthy ones. And I saw this pop up, and I was like, oh, "Hey, now the first one." I play the hell out of, and so did Brittany here in the house. Um, we loved it. We thought it was a fantastic game. It was a port from the DS version.
2: That's right, yeah. So it, it wasn't the same as the... Um, it was a different style of game than the ones you get on the big consoles. It, it's
1: very similar. Uh, the controls are different because, obviously, it came from the DS. But yeah. it's still about breaking stuff and putting stuff together and collecting. and it's, it's It's a lot of fun. I was expecting, and I never even looked at the DS port... Uh, or of the ds version of uh, five through seven, Harry Potter. So I saw this. it was four ninety nine I immediately bought it, put it on my iPad, and I couldn't wait for Brittany to get home, so I could put it on her iPhone because she couldn't wait either. When I told her when I picked her up from school, she was just very excited. And I started playing it yesterday. Now, I've played Larry Hagel... Larry... <laughs> Lego Harry Larry, Potter...
2: Lucky Harry Potter.
1: Yes. Uh, years 5 through 7 on the PS3. We beat the game, like, within a week. And uh, I really liked it there. And I was looking forward to a different experience on iOS. Just like the other one. Yeah It's more like the PS3 version that I've played. The maps are the same. Um... What you had to do for the first two missions were exactly the same as the PS3. I'm not saying it's a disappointment, but I am saying it's surprising, David, that they went this route going more towards the console than a a mobile version of the game which existed before. And I wonder if this is kind of signaling a shift that the big game developers are looking at when it comes to iOS, that it's well, not just the ugly step cousin to the console version; it's yet another version, just like the console versions.
2: Well, I I wonder if um if the the better graphics and processors in the lace devices mean that it's, it's more realistic to actually do a th- full 3D version. Um, nowadays, I don't uh, know. I don't, I, I don't know, but that's that's interesting because, like you, when you when you first mentioned it, I was expecting it to be like the first game, which I played a little bit. I, I didn't really get into, to be honest. Uh, I probably will be more into this, so um, that's more money. <laughs> I uh,
1: I don't know. It's really interesting, and I just decided to go look at something else here, and it's not listed yet, which is kind of surprising. Which is uh, Batman Two DC Superheroes Lego. And they show that it's coming out for PlayStation, PlayStation Network, games for Windows, Xbox 360, Xbox Live, Wii and Nintendo 3DS, but nothing for Macintosh or iOS. And I guarantee you that game would sell ten times more versions or copies on iOS than it will on Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. I guar I guarantee it. It will sell more than on the Wii, and it will definitely sell more than Windows. But
2: it's I don't it's not there. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, well, I suppose it kind of depends on the developer, doesn't it? Um, maybe the uh, the Harry Potter one is, deve- is not developed by Traveller's Tales, who does these games, but somebody else. No, no, it's Traveller's Tales, who. Uh, this? Yeah.
1: What's the release date of Batman Lego? Because I'm dying to play that one, too. Let's see. Uh, June 19th. Ooh! so a little less than a month, or a little more than a month from now. Cool. Uh, and see if they have they don't have anything up here about iOS there either. Man, I want to play that game. Um and I'm gonna buy it obviously, probably for the PS3 because that's where we have all the Lego games. But I'd yep. really, really like to play that. Have you seen the trailer for Harry Potter or for uh, uh New I, have not. I didn't I did not know this one was coming either. <laughs> it looks really good. And and this time, the characters talk. All oh, right, pretty interesting. So I'm like, hmm.
2: And it's coming on like it's, it's apparently coming on the Vita. Yeah. You can get it for your Vita. I can
1: get it for my. it would be probably the next game I buy for the Vita since it's been yeah. such a plethora of awesome game. Oh wait, no, it's not. <laughs> I read. You know, I talked about Mortal Kombat and I read some reviews, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. it's really good. It's Mortal Kombat. Come on, let's. Can we have something new? Something." Anyways, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Um, I tell you what, I, I as much as Brittany was excited about that game coming out yesterday and putting it on her uh, on her iPhone. The game she was really excited about because I, you hear that? Yeah, it's called The Robot Wants Kitty. I've talked about that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's a great game.
1: I bought some new levels. All right. And I installed it on her phone. And actually, she was playing the hell out of that last night. She's like, oh, these new levels are hard.
2: (laughs) I I tell you, that game, it reminds me of um, Impossible Mission, back from the 80s. Do you remember that? I do. From Epix. Uh, It kind of has a very similar sort of feel to it. Um, But the gameplay mechanics
1: are just fantastic and... Robot Wants Kitty. I mean, it's just, it's so easy to control. It's just spot on. Um, Totally unlike most games when it comes to the touch controls at first, that game really got it right. And it's just left and right. I mean, how difficult can it be? But I mean, it was, it just seemed really precise. And uh, I was playing that quite a bit yesterday too, waiting waiting in the car, waiting for the kids to come out of school. Uh, I, I love Robot Wants Kitty. Um, it's funny that you could uh, have such a simple game in today's day and age, and yet it's, even for kids, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that says something. You, you don't need super high-res, 3D, blah, 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 where you have to memorize 24 different button combinations to do something. It's something very simple. And yet, very enjoyable by even kids nowadays.
2: Yeah, I, I was actually struck by this. With um, I, I was reading reviews for um, uh, the, was it Street Fighter? Yeah. No, it was um, sorry, um, Capcom version. Oh, part. Capcom part. Yeah, and the yeah. controls are just crap. They say the controls are, but the thing is, I all those fighting games kind of always used to wind me up because there was this kind of foo you had to learn where you had to learn the combos and the button combinations otherwise you know it became just a button masher and um with no skill and basically you would have your backside kicked all the time and i was thinking about the contrast between that and the fighting mechanic in the um in the batman arkham series yeah arkham r simon arkham city where They've built something where you there there are combos and um, there's especially those there's repeat combos of you built up chains of moves. Yep. The actual button controls are fairly simple, um, it's, which means it's easy to think mid move right. That guy's behind me. I want to elbow him in the face. Yeah, and know how to do that. And then when and when you are actually watching the game, it looks like batman fighting in a movie i mean it looks choreographed is that cool yeah and i I thought why can't more fighting mechanic games be like this rather than that thing where effectively you know if you don't know what you're doing and you haven't put many many hours in trying to figure out these arcane button combinations, then your guy's just standing there bouncing up and down on the spot throwing out the occasional punch and a kick i
1: agree it it, it seems to me that Above and beyond what it looks like, you have to have the mechanics down pat. If you don't, it's just going to be a sucky game. And I think more companies pay attention to the cinematic value of the video games rather than the actual playability of the video games. And, and that's, yep. that's what it comes down to. If it doesn't have that playability, that anyone from my nine-year-old can pick it up and learn how to do it in ten seconds or it's, you and like, I could it, it it's what's the point
2: it's like any it's like any piece of media, um you know t v series movies, whatever you can do something that looks incredibly flashy uh and looks incredibly cool and has cool concepts and everything like that. But if it doesn't have any meat on it, it doesn't have a a compelling plot, something to dry you in, then it just becomes like a, an exercise in in display
1: yeah, look at the matrix, the first matrix had a great story, great acting. Very flashy. People just love that movie, and the second
2: and third parts were terrible because yeah. the story was so boring. Or, or look at uh, a movie like Sucker Punch. Yeah, which was uh, was fantastic to look at and had a lot of very fresh and interesting ideas in. But
1: I, I only had, had, I got twenty minutes in that movie and turned it yeah. off. It was just terrible.
2: Yeah, and it, well, it just had no plot. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> just had- it was
1: just terrible. I could yeah. I literally could not take it anymore. I and I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to stuff like that if you hold my yeah. attention for a while and I I was having this exact conversation with someone and and the guy told me he goes yeah I was like that with the with the expendables I just saw the the trailer and I thought ugh I said actually the story was kind of interesting in the expendables I really like that movie I've watched it twice and enjoyed it both times and I look forward to the sequel yes it's yeah. it's just a how can we get all these 80s and 90s action stars under one roof and have some fun? But, you know, God damn it, that's what I want sometimes. I just want some fun. Give me some fun. Give me something to look at. Keep my interest up with a decent story. There's nothing wrong with that.
2: Absolutely. And
1: um, You know, I, I, as you were talking earlier about fighting games and stuff, and we're really seeing a lot of the older games being remade for Android and iOS... There's a game series that I loved that, I don't know if you've ever played it, but it was for the Super Nintendo series, and it was the Star Wars games. It was Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Super Return of the Jedi. And and you can actually get these on uh, the Wii uh, online store thing. Mm -hmm. And I did. And quite honestly, the graphics are...
2: hmm.
1: But I remember when these games came out, I loved them. I thought at the time they were the best Star Wars games ever. And they're sc- side-scrollers. That's all they are. Yeah. But they were really enjoyable. And uh, I think those would make a perfect iOS game. I hope someone does that. Yeah. But there's probably some kind of a licensing thing with Nintendo, and that's why they can't do it. So Yeah.
2: Wing Commander. We want Wing Commander on the iPad. Yeah.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I understand why you want it. you were a big fan of it. And I liked it for... Oh, maybe a couple months tops. I, You know, to me, it was a, a big thing to see Mark Hamill in something that wasn't Star Wars at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it may be good. So let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back in our final segment, Android and uh, Kindle Fire.
0: Siri, can you help me find a good podcast? Why do you want to find a good baseball bat? Podcast, you. Well, I like to listen to Pocket sized Podcasts. It's a great short podcast about all things iOS and iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV, and it's got a great co-host. You mean Peter? No, me. (sighs) Could you just find me a good book instead? Why do you want to become a crook instead? I thought it was men that weren't supposed to be able to understand women. Now searching for men who don't understand women. Oh, there are about 3.5 billion of them on Earth right now. I can find support groups for you. Now searching for support groups for men who don't understand women. Look, there's 12 near you. One of the Whether you're a man or a woman, you'll find Pocket-Sized Podcast to be a great resource for all things about Apple's iOS devices, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We feature reviews, interviews, and great coverage of all kinds of software and hardware devices. And the best part about it is, we don't talk about beta software, if you know who I mean. Ouch! That hurts. After all, we've been through together. Find us at pocketsizepodcast.com or search iTunes for Pocket Size Podcast.
1: Hello, David Cohen. Mm. You caught me mid sip. That's good. That's yeah. good. I, I like the You've splashy sounds.
2: You've got to keep, got to keep your uh, whistle wet when you're doing this.
1: Especially, uh, you know, as much talking as we tend to do. Yeah, I go, I get dry mouth quite a bit.
2: Are you uh are you still off the mountain dew? No. Now you're back on.
1: Yeah, not as bad as I was, but yeah, it's still there. Uh one of the things I want to remind people about is our new website. Yay. It's techfanpodcast.com. That's where you want to go if you want to find all of our shows. It goes all the way back to the very first one. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, Guy and Gaz on the four hundredth Mac podcast. And Gaz mentioned that the first three shows of the My Mac podcast seem to be missing. They are. They're missing. I don't have them either. <laughs> it's not like that. Does that mean man, they're lost? Um, Chad Perry might have them. I doubt it because he just sold his old Macintosh, which we recorded a lot of those shows on. So but I don't did know.
2: Where they go? Because they must
1: have been on the server originally. Yeah, they were, but they're not on the server anymore because I looked.
2: I don't Maybe know. Maybe name is stolen
1: I mean, the first three episodes was just me uh, Chad didn't actually come on until, like, episode four or five Right So, you are they missing, or did you delete them, Tim? Uh, I wouldn't have Fair deleted start. them I wouldn't have deleted them, even though they were really bad You've hidden
2: them, haven't you, because you're shame.
1: Well, you know, uh, and I, I think I've talked about this on the show, too i did this little audio recording in 1999 and i sent it out to the MyMac staff about uh you know recording something in this new mp3 thing i still have that but i don't have the official first one through episodes one through three of the MyMac podcast which was really my first podcasting
2: so so take that recording put copy it three times put a badge one two three on it yeah jump that, up. and
1: call it that yeah that, Probably wouldn't be a bad idea.
2: Or you could try and recreate those shows from memory. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, looking at the show notes, I probably could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't very complex. Uh, but if you do go up to the TechFanPodcast.com website, make sure you click on the Amazon. It says Support TechFan. Click Amazon and buy something. Doesn't matter what you buy, it'll take you right to the main Amazon page. Uh, buy a refrigerator. Um, I don't care. <laughs> buy something. Go to Amazon and buy something.
2: No, uh, remember, the, the, the referral kickback you get is bigger, the, the more expensive thing they buy. That's buy right. Expensive. Buy a car. Can you, can you buy
1: a car on Amazon? You buy what but you could. Almost everything is for sale up on Amazon. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I'd like to see the free shipping on that, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, On Prime. Yeah, that, that'd be fun. So, uh, last two things, and uh, we'll start... In reverse order. Kind of Fire kicks out a brand new update, uh, version 6.3.1. And it's automatically delivered and installed, which I don't know if I really like that. Apple doesn't do that. They give you the ability to not update your iOS device if you don't want to. And if you're on an Android phone, <laughs> they don't even give you the ability to update it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you're yeah. just, just kind of screwed. It just
2: pops up a thing said, time to buy a new one. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, you need a new, uh, you need a new headset. <laughs> um. So I understand why Amazon does this, but it kind of scares me a little bit. And I own a Kindle Fire. One of the problems that I had originally with my Kindle Fire, because anytime I get a new tablet-like device, of course, Cole and Brooke want to play with it. Cole being, at the time, he was three when he first played with my Kindle Fire. No, I guess he was four already. Yes, he was four. So a four-year-old playing with my Kindle Fire. He bought an app. And that's because Amazon makes it way too easy to buy anything on the Kindle Fire. There's no uh, safeguards. Uh. So I was literally turning off Wi-Fi before I let him play with it. So he couldn't buy anything. And that's kind of a pain. Yeah. Uh, looks like they're adding much better parental controls, which is something I think Apple really needs to look into a lot more. I, yeah, I, and I'm still I, a big proponent have, for multi-user on one iOS device. We need you know, multi-user.
2: I, you know, I have a colleague who just bought an iPad 3 for um, for his family and that was one of the questions he asked me. He said, oh, is there a way to uh, kind of uh, have different accounts or, or log out my email so the kids can't see it? And I, you know, I said, well, some of the third-party apps let you do that, but um, otherwise, no. no. It, it has to happen.
1: It has to happen. I know Apple's listening. Well, I know a couple of people at Apple who are listening, um, and they're, you know, both janitors. But
2: nonetheless, uh, <laughs> yeah. this has to happen. But, but what they could do is write it on a piece of paper and leave it on somebody important's desk.
1: No, then... no, they just they just simply tell the people in charge, "I'm not emptying your waste basket <laughs> until yeah. you put this in there."
2: No fresh toilet paper for you.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Those people have more power than most people give them credit for.
2: You know what? You know what? I think there's many people in the kind of Apple fan community who would happily work as a janitor at Cupertino. I'm not one of them, but nevertheless. (laughs) I'm sure there
1: are people who'd be up for it. Sure, absolutely. Um, But part of this announcement that I was reading, and I believe it was Ars Technica, uh, they also mentioned that uh, market research firm IDC... IDC estimates, because Amazon's not giving its figures, estimates that Kindle Fire shipments fell from 4.8 million tablets in the fourth quarter of 2011, i.e., Christmas time, to fewer than 750,000 in the first quarter of this year. That's a pretty big goddamn drop off, David. Yeah, and that's a drop off of ch- over four million.
2: Uh, well i think huge pinch of salt about the actual numbers um as you say amazon doesn't publish their numbers um i'm looking at the idc report here and how the tracker methodology works and it's kind of a, a, you know, a real it's a real witch's brew of data of data uh, you know they are looking at import records and Local vendor interviews, channel discussions, uh, component supply feedback. They're kind of bringing all sorts of stuff together to try and work up the numbers. I, I would not want to, um, you know, uh, put a lot of credence in the actual number, but clearly they are seeing some sort of trend. Yeah. That, that for, you know, for whatever reason, um, Kindle Fire demand dropped off. By, uh, uh, by a noticeable amount, whatever the actual number is. I actually saw a corollary um, analysis that looked at the... There's only one supplier of e-ink screens in the world, and they looked at their, um, their uh, quarterly results uh, and used that to um, figure out what demand was for the, Kindle, uh, for the Kindle e-ink readers. And apparently that has also fallen off a cliff.
1: That's not surprising, so, though. I think if, if you give somebody a Kindle Fire and a Kindle Touch and say, which one would you rather have? Everybody would say they come to fire. Even though it's easier to read on an e-ink device, people want a color screen. They want to be able to touch it. They, it's an iPad-like device. They're going to go for that every time.
2: I also wonder actually whether um, there is actually a kind of glass ceiling on, on e-ink readers, uh, and and in fact, Amazon might have reached it. I, you know, I think they did, it, and I think they know that, and I think that's why they came
1: up with the Kindle Fire. Yeah. I think that's, that's. I don't think, you know, we've had debates, is Kindle Fire a direct competitor to iPad? You say no, I say of course it is. But I also think that it's Kindle, or Amazon's way of saying, you know what, there's only so many people who are really interested in these e-ink things, we have to be in the tablet market with our own device. And yeah. the result of that was the Kindle Fire. And it's a good device. But, I like it a yeah. lot.
2: I, what I find interesting about the Kindle Fire is uh, how long has it been out now? What? Um,
1: oh, six months. months, six six eight months. Yeah,
2: six, six eight months. No sign of it launching anywhere else. To me, that also suggests that it's not a, perhaps a roaring success as you might think, because you'd have you'd have thought if the thing was going gangbusters, they couldn't wait to get it to other markets. Yeah, it's not in the UK, is it? No, it's not. It's basically US only device. Yeah. Um. So uh, that also says something as well. Look, well, I think. I think everyone appreciates, uh, even the most um, kind of down on Apple analysts appreciates that uh, uh, with the iPad, pretty much has the market sewn up on these things at the moment. However, you know, people who are Android fans try and kind of talk it up. I, I, you know, whatever action there is in the Android space is happening in the phones; it's not happening in tablets. No, not at all. Uh, and uh, the Fire is far and away the only thing that's that's that sold anything like. Um, you know, mass market numbers. And, uh, and clearly it's not selling an iPad like numbers. Otherwise you'd imagine Amazon would be making much more of a deal of it than it is. You think we could see uh, a,
1: uh, a 10 inch kind of fire. I mean, everybody likes to talk about is Apple going to make a seven inch or an eight inch iPad. How about the opposite? Do you think Amazon would be interested in a larger fire?
2: Well, I don't know whether that, I don't, I, I think what will happen is the fire will be revised um, I don't think they will have two or three different models because they've done that on the on the ink Kindles and it's not been hugely successful. They had the the bigger one, didn't they? The um,
1: yeah, but this is a, it's a different market. You can't really compare yeah, the two. Uh,
2: yeah, but uh, but I'm just I'm just I mean, if they would...
1: position it as a game playing device for three ninety nine, market the same price as the iPad two Kindle Fire ten inch or whatever you want to call it, Kindle Fire XL.
2: Uh, well, I just don't know whether the Android game market is mature enough to support uh, a 7-inch and 10-inch tablet. It barely supports tablets as it is. Well, yes, but I one think that an Amazon about,
1: 10-inch would sell a lot better than any of the other 10-inch yeah, Android it, tablets. Yeah, but it,
2: it, it is about the software, and uh, they'd have to put quite a lot of investment in the software. I know one of the complaints about um, Android tablets is that so many of the games just don't run well and, as tablet as tablet devices. That's true. It's not like iOS, where the games kind of have built in support in the SDK to scale up properly to a, you know, or allow a a universal application that runs on both small or large screens. Basically, in in the Android land, it runs at whatever resolution the developer pitches it at, and they tend to go for the larger market, which is the phones. So, uh, if I didn't
1: have an iPad and all I had was a Kind of Fire. I would be very somewhat pleased because there seems to be a lot of games for it, David. I think you could though. Yeah, I, all the big ones are there too. Cut the rope and Angry Birds and all the big iOS games are there. What they're missing is the robot loves or robot wants Kitty, and and the new innovative games that aren't huge right now but will be, har- you know, massive in, a, in another year from now. I think if it's, right. if a game is going to hit big on iOS, I think developers are looking at other platforms as well. Why wouldn't they? I would. And I think if well, I- Kindle comes out, or if Amazon comes out with a ten-inch game-centric tablet, I think it would do quite well. I don't think it will do iPad numbers, but I don't think they have to do iPad numbers to call it a success.
2: Well, I think what they need to do, um, if these reports are right and, and the sales have really dropped off substantially, they need to figure out why that is before they decide what to do. Yeah. Um, and they need to fix that problem, whatever it is. Um, and if that is means a hardware revision, that's fine. But um, they need to figure out what's causing that. I agree. Because obviously, obviously what they can't, uh, even a company as big as Amazon presumably doesn't want to do, is keep throwing money at this, uh, hoping it will stick one day.
1: But I do think that's the only way that any tablet's going to be successful in today's day and age of iPad
2: dominance. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, the iPad say the iPad is ramping up quicker than anything Apple has ever made. They I mean, even quicker than the iPhone. Um, and I think it really is their market to lose at this point. Yeah, they couldn't. They could make a misstep. Don't get me wrong. Um, they, you know that the next version could be a mistake. They could be could. Yeah, but let's be honest, David, we both
1: we both own the new iPad. We love it.
2: Uh, absolutely, and, I, and I'm sure they will continue to improve it and improve the software, and I'm sure it's going to be a great, you know, I th- yeah. but I think the market is theirs to lose. It's not right for anyone else to take it over.
1: Everyone's talking about, oh, can't wait for the new iPhone. Um, no one's really talking about the iPad 4 yet because the new one's just, yeah. it's too new. But I'm actually looking forward to WWDC and find out more information on iOS 6 because, let's be honest, that's where the big innovation is going to come from, the software, not the hardware. There's only so many things Apple can really do. Yes, they could probably make the iPhone bigger if they wanted to, but is that to me, that's not a game-changer. The game-changer is the software. And the game-changer is multi-family uh, member accounts. It's easier access to this. It's that's where all the innovation is going to come from, and I'm looking forward to, uh, and I'm not going, of course, WWDC this year, because I think that's probably where we're going to hear some more information. Uh, Maybe that's where Apple's going to unveil uh, iOS 6. I'm looking forward to it. To me, that's where the excitement is. Yeah. Uh, Talking about excitement, if you guys want to contact us, simply go to techfanpodcast.com and click the button that says Contact Us. I don't know why the URL is slash sample dash page i'm gonna to have to change that <laughs> um <laughs> that's called i built this whole thing in one day um go up there fill out the little form you're not going to be put on a list or anything like that uh click send or post comment i should say and we will see it we'll get that and uh talk about it here on the show david where can people find you on twitter
2: uh twitter i'm at david b cohen and this week i promise i will be using it more
1: there you go. Didn't been use it last quiet.
2: week. It, well, I've been a bit quiet the last couple of weeks because I've been kind of busy, but.
1: I don't use Twitter that much. I mean, yep. I'm, I'm going to pull up my Twitter page. I am at MyMac on Twitter. Um, I don't know. It's. I Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike Twitter, Twitter, but it just seems to me, you know, one, two, three, four, five. My last five posts uh, go back to April 26th. Today is what? Um, May the 4th be yes. with you. Um, one was to a Detroit Lions player about the draft. One was about a headache. Um, one was a reply to someone. Uh, one was a Mark Greentree post for getting Snow Leopard for free. And my last one was actual content where I wrote, My iPhone 4S charges four times faster than my new iPad. Not even close. Uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody, but I, I just don't use Twitter all that often. Yeah. Maybe I should start, I should fire it back up and start using it. I go in spurts. Like on the 26th, I posted like five items on the 26th. Yeah. And then I kind of drop off for a while and I come back and you know, yeah. What are you going to do? so anyways, David, let's wrap up Tech Fan number 75. 75 episodes. We should have done something special. Oh, wait. We did. We were here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we'll, you will be back with episode 76. I'll be back for 77. Looking forward to what you're going to do, David. Okay. I will uh, get a guest. I want to hear something new.
2: I'll have to bring out the dancing girls. There you go.
1: That'll work. Yeah. Awesome for an for a audio podcast. That works well.
2: Oh, they they can talk.
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> they can, can talk. talk
2: while they're dancing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's so many jokes there. I'm just I'm gonna let them all go. Yeah. <laughs> just not gonna say anything.
2: No, best that way.
1: I'll see you in two weeks, my
2: friend. I see you soon.